this is the thickness tonight. This is good. This is can you guys feel that? Like, can you feel like the presence of the Lord? It's really rich. It's fantastic. See, I just want to share this and and ask Mr. Kali Cal if he can play us back into the burning ones after I share this. But so Ryan got this email from one of the leaders at church this morning and yeah, it's good. And he shared it with a bunch of us leaders. And he says that. So that she said that. What the email says is that I have called you to set on fire a generation, to fan the fire into flame, white hot flames. Let it burn. There's an exclamation mark there, so I wanted to shout. Let it burn. Let those generations be known as my burning ones. Anger is just so powerful that Kyle, I'm not sure whether you knew 100% or not, but that he kind of spontaneously led into that song or that we are his burning ones. And that God's doing something rich in every single one of us. And he's setting a blaze in us. And see, if that resonates with you, if you want that to resonate, you just really urge you like, to put your, put your hand over your heart, lift up your hands, do something as Kyle goes back into the song and really express the gratitude and your heart's posture. Because that's what your heart really wants. That's who you really are. You've been set ablaze to be a light to the world. As, Jesus, as God sent Jesus, so he's sending us. You've been set ablaze to be a light to the world. Then we'll see what happens from there.
set apart, called higher, called higher, called higher, we're called higher. Yeah, I just feel like the Lord is doing something right now. I just look over at my brother John on the drums, and I just see him on his knee. He's just crying out to God. And I just, this is, please don't feel like you have to if you're not comfortable. Kyle, would you just go back into that song one more time? And during the chorus, he's singing that we are his burning ones. If there's something in your heart that resonates with that cry, that you want to be a burning one for him. Because when we burn as a wildfire, as a fire starts, it's going to spread to every person that we meet and talk to. And I know I want to burn more. I need to burn more. So I just ask you, would you take a risk? And would you just get on your knees like our, my brother John? He's not doing it so people see him. But his heart is burning for God. And I want to be more like him. I want to be a man after God's own heart. Because we can't give other people what we don't have for ourselves. So if something in your heart says yes, I just ask you, go there, enter in, and let God meet you. We are consumed by you. We are your
we are your burning ones. We are consumed by you. We set our lives apart. We are consumed by you. Set our hearts ablaze, set our hearts ablaze for your love, for your love. Set our hearts on fire, mm. 
In the book, it says <laughs> that there's farmers that <laughs> plant seeds and sow crops, but there's also fa- farmers that plan for the rain. And I just feel like right now, us praying holy moments like this, we don't plan, we didn't orchestrate, but it's us planning for the rain on this campus and in our hearts and our lives. You know, and there's this scripture where disciples and people that knew Jesus were walking on the road with him. After he came back, we've talked about this before, but they didn't recognize his face. And it wasn't until after he left, they realized that was Jesus. And they said, did our hearts not burn within us? Did our hearts not burn within us? That we knew deep down that that was our Savior, even when our eyes didn't recognize him. And guys, I'll just be the first to admit, there's many times that I don't recognize Jesus. There's many times, even in this last semester, that I haven't wanted to go into the secret place and open up the word and get on my knees and just pray for him. 
But you know what? He's meeting me. And he's drawn me back to his heart. And I promise that those of you, if, if you feel like me, he will meet you when you open up this book. He will meet you when you say, come God, make my heart burn within me. Because he honors us when we honor him. He says, I will meet you when you take the time to meet me. Because guys, I don't want to go through the motions anymore. I don't want to just come here on a Tuesday and then not live my life with the same passion that we show here. Here. If we're going to change this campus, we first got to let ourselves be changed. And it starts in holy moments like this. Get in on our knees and say, God, there's no better feeling, there's no better place than to be in your holiness and your presence like we are now. I've grown up in, my, in the church, in the Catholic church, in the Lutheran church. Uh, I, I've been in the Methodist church. I, I've been around the world and I've been looking for the presence of God. And he's in those churches. He's in other parts of the world. But you know what? He's also here. Cassie Clark, it's good to see you. Good to see you, Grace. Thank you for being here tonight, guys. You could be anywhere else. But yet he's moving. You know, there was a guy that was such a man after God's own heart, and I'm actually not talking about King David, he was too. <laughs> but there was a man named John. I don't think there's much coincidence, because they're both men after God's own heart. And people call him Jonathan. And you know, he was meant to be king, his dad was Saul. But you know what, he had so much honor for first the Lord, and second to his best friend David. He gave up his own robe his own sword, and said, David, you are the anointed one. You're meant to be king, not me. And I, and I love that David is a man after God's own heart. But Jonathan, besides Jesus, might be the number one guy that inspires me the most. Because I believe he was loyal to David because he was first loyal to God. He didn't just didn't like David. David was his friend. But he, he was so loyal to God, and God said, he is my anointed one. Do you trust me enough to give him your robe, to give him your, your sword, and say, you're meant to be king? I don't know if I could have done that, guys. I believe he did that because he loved David, but most of all, because he loved God. So God, show us and teach us what a family of honor looks like tonight. we pray, keep having your way. Because there's no place we'd rather be than here in your love and here in your presence. In Jesus' name. Amen. Whew. Man, can we give them a round of applause? <laughs> uh, I was this close to just saying, we're not going to have a message. <laughs> just keep going. I don't know if any of you guys were here last year. Michael was leading worship, and we had a moment like that, and it kind of got funky. Um, <laughs> wow, man. Ah, gosh. You know, I remember uh, being around the world. I remember I was in India, and uh, there was a, a lot of people there of different religions, and they would often ask me, well, how do you know 
your God is real. You know, you can't just quote scripture there because they have their own Bibles and their own ways. And I, w- I, would say, I remember just saying this thing dropped on me. It's like, well, have you ever felt and experienced your God? And uh, I think there was maybe one out of like 20 people that said yes. And I said, it's moments that I've experienced him that then what his word confirms what he's already done in my life is that that's how I know he's real. That I believed Jesus was real because he's moved and he is moving in my heart in a way that I know I'll never be the same. And that's at the end of the day, when I die, I know I'm going to meet him face to face because what he's done in my heart and my life. I don't just believe it. I love the book. I don't just believe it because the book says it. The book confirms what he's been doing in my life. And I believe, guys, things, moments like that we can't explain. We can't explain him moving and meeting us like that. So good. Well, my name is Ryan. If this is your first time, I hope you're not too wigged out. Um, <laughs> uh, man, I hope you love it. So thanks for joining us. We are in a series. We're ending our series tonight. Uh, we have Encounter Night next week. We're having two professors come uh, next week and uh, on Tuesday, and we're going to interview them about what family is and how God has orchestrated family in their life. Uh, their names are Trina and Travis Dixon. They teach uh, communication classes here on campus. So I hope you can come join us for that. But uh, we've been in this series called What is Family? And we've been looking at what are the aspects, what are the characteristics of family, because we really want to be a family on this campus, not just a ministry that meets on Tuesdays or Wednesdays next semester, but a family that lives life together, that is there for each other. And we want to end the series on something that's called Family is Honor. And as I've been praying about what honor means, first of all, it's, it's been something that the Lord is one teaching me. Uh, we're, as a leadership team, we're going through this book called The Culture of Honor by Danny Silk. And um, we are all reading it. We've challenged each other to have it read by next semester. And it's just something that God is deeply speaking into me. I want to read this quote by him. It doesn't really have to do with honor, but if you're like, man, who's Danny Silk? Uh, just look at this quote because I think it will prove it enough. But he says, peace is not the absence of conflict. It's authority over chaos. I mean, can you just let that sink in for a second? Peace is not the absence of conflict, but it's the authority over chaos. Some, one person told me once that if we're not speaking out of a place of peace, we have no authority. That Jesus rested in the storm. He rested in the boat in the storm, and then he spoke to the storm out of a place of peace. I, I definitely don't have this down, but that spoke to me a ton. Uh, just with the leaders, I made this book optional, and I think there were six people who said, yeah, I'll read that, I'll, 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 channel, I'll get it done by next semester, and then I started reading some of the book, and every hand, I'm like, who wants to read it now? And every hand went up, and they're like, I'm going to find a way to read it by next semester. So um, if you want to read this with us, we sell it in our bookstore, email me, uh, it's on Amazon, Culture of Honor, we're super excited. Um, it's something that the Lord is teaching me, teaching our leadership, and I believe it's going to overflow to our whole ministry um, so I want to ask you, what is honor? As I thought about what is honor, I, I thought about where do we first hear of honor in the, in the, in the, in the Bible? And the first time I, th- I believe we hear from is in Exodus 20, verse 12, where it says, Honor your father, father and honor your mother, so, they, so that they may live long in the land of the Lord your God is giving them. 
And, and we probably, most of us probably know that, know that verse. We've heard of that. Of course, we have to honor our mother and dad. I just want you to know from my standpoint, if you've grown up and, and you're not super close with your parents or you had rough childhood, this is a very hard verse for me to have lived out. Um, but I believe there's a principle that the Lord wants to share with us tonight that he's been teaching me that, he's, that I believe he's, he's bringing us into as a leadership team, that if you're faithful with the little, you'll be faithful with a lot. You know, I'll be honest, we, we have, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of people often want to say, can I be a leader? What can I do? And I just, I just invite them, come be a part of it. Come serve, you know. And I just look at, and, I, and, I, and they don't know this, it sounds creepy, but I watch them a little bit. You know, and I'll be like, if they're faithful with the little, they're going to be faithful with a lot. Are, are they called to this thing, or are they just wanting to do it for a title? And I believe this has been an area in my life I remind the leaders all the time. I'm like, guys, I'm doing what you did. I was on setup team nine years ago in a college ministry. I'm like, I've been there. I've done the grind. I've worked full-time job, come into ministries. And I'm like, I promise it's just now, you know, a year and a half ago where the Lord's blessed me to be in a leadership position. But it was nine years of serving, of doing things that most people didn't even notice. But God noticed. And I believe he, we start off in the very, you know, second book of the Bible, Exodus, to say, he says, honor your mother and father. Honor the people that I've given you, that brought you into this life. And then when you honor them, I'll give you other people to honor. I'll give you greater things to honor. But will you first honor what was first born to you or what first you were born to? And I believe we start there with that principle. And again, I'm not saying that that's easy. Jesus himself said a prophet is not welcome in his own hometown, and sometimes our parents, our family are the hardest people to minister to. But do we honor them? Do we love them? Do we say, you know what? You are blood. You are family, and I'm going to choose to honor you when everything inside me doesn't want to. Check out this, uh, this quote by Danny Silk. Honor is the practice of calling out the best in one another through words of praise and in words of correction, in words of praise, and in words of correction. Well, you might think to yourself, well, that sounds weird. Honor is like when you speak good about people, when you call them higher, when you see the best in people. And I'm saying, yes, amen to that. But when I went on the world race, and David can attest to this, David Hamilton, we learned this thing where every day we had to give each other feedback. You're living with people in constant community. You're going to 11 countries in 11 months, being missionaries around the world, and you're living with people. I mean, literally, when you want alone time, it's putting in headphones and it's turning around. <laughs> like, that's how much community you are with people. Um, and so you, you learn to give each other feedback. And before this, I was an addict of people pleaser. I mean, literally, I just live to please people. And in this, when you're living with people, people call you out in your junk. And you learn how in love and in truth to call people higher. And they even had this thing called a 24-hour rule where if I was upset with someone, if I was, you know, annoyed with someone, say I annoyed, annoyed with David because he has bad breath. He doesn't. Um, you can ask his girlfriend. But, um, <laughs> right, Kate? Amen? <laughs> that just got awkward. All right. <laughs> She's going to give me feedback later for that. <laughs> Um, but if I'm like annoyed with David and, I'm, and I go up to Kunda, I'm like, man, David just, I mean, literally, guys, I'll give you a real example. That's, I was making that up. There was a guy on my team on the world race. He chewed with his mouth open every meal. And I'm like, not just chewing with his mouth open, but he's like, 
I mean, you could literally see, hear. I mean, it was louder than a cow. And, like, it would annoy the you-know-what out of me. And, like, I didn't have the courage to tell the dude. Like, he probably didn't even know. And, like, finally, someone else was like, man, I can't stand how this dude chews. And I'm like, thank you. Like, you're not the only one, you know. But realize, like, little things like that, little and big things, they fester and they build up. And I've really learned, and now that I'm in leadership, sometimes people love me or people say, you know, I don't like you. And I've just learned, like, you know what, if we don't tell people in love, like, if I have a white head on my face, I want someone to come tell me, please. Like, so I, if, but if I don't know about things, like, I got great feedback the other day. Um, someone said to me, hey, Rye, when you share stories about people, you should preface it with saying, I've asked this person if I can share this story. Because it might give people the perception that you're not trustworthy of, like, keeping things confidential. And that was great feedback, guys, because I, I share stories all the time without, you know, asking people. And I've really, that really, I really took that to heart. So my point is, do we call people up higher in correction? Any of you who played sports, what coach does not, you know, correct you to make you better? But often, if you think about it, in the relationships that you're in, in friendships, even with your parents, something that we're learning as a leadership team, how do we talk to each other in truth and love, helping to bring the best out of each other? And it's easy to say, hey, Ra, you did a great sermon. You're looking great today. But also, what is that when my sermon wasn't great and I actually need you guys to help me? Like, do we have the honor of people in sharing the truth rooted in love? I believe that's what makes a difference between a friend and a family member. There's, there, there is friends in my life that I don't have the relational equity to tell them something like that. But I believe if you're in my inner circle, if you're close to me, like, we need to be able to, to speak and live this thing out. I will say it's very hard, but when you real, get the revelation, uh, it will change your life. It's changing my friendships. It will change your marriage one day in the relationship you have with your kids. You know, I never want to be a dad or mom that's complaining about our kids. How many parents do we hear do that? I mean, I know I got complained about a heck of a lot. <laughs> you know, but like, let's be honest and let's speak to them and let's bring people up. When that's good things and when it's correcting things. We call that, um, what do we call it, constructive feedback and what was the other, just uh, constructive and, I don't know, not criticism. Um, it was just like encouraging feedback or constructive. We call it constructive or or what were you saying? Constructive, Constructive criticism. That's an official word. There you go. Thank you, Ashley. <laughs> but man, like, do we do that to others? Um, I believe honor starts with the perspective of our hearts towards first God and then towards people. I believe it starts with the perspective. The biggest red flag is if we think we're better than people. And, and guys, I want to say I've been there. I'll, I'll be honest. There's, there's a leader in my life right now who... Deep down, one of, you know, I, I don't really think they should be there. And, I, and I, I, the Lord, you know, it's easy to follow leaders uh, like Daniel Goulet, who you love and respect and look up to. But you know what? Sometimes the deepest lessons are when you're following a leader that you don't really respect or look up to. Not because they're a bad person, but maybe you think they shouldn't be in that position. I should be in that position. But that's when the Lord really will teach you what honor is. And sometimes those lessons aren't hard, but they're so, so necessary. So I believe it starts with a perspective. I, I, I just um, found this diagram the other day someone showed me. It's rocking my world. So I want to ask you, is this a nine or a six? Both. Both. Can you next, next slide, please? 
I just love this. My, the youth pastor of our church showed us this. And how many oftentimes are we showing someone a nine, but they see a six? And they're like, no, it's a six. And you're like, no, it's a nine. Or flip-flop, it's a six. No, it's a nine. But based on our perspective, we're seeing things from different angles where, to be honest, both of us are right. This diagram is rocking my world because so many times we're in conflicts, we're in situations, and we are so focused on us being right. And maybe you are right. Maybe there is some truth. You know, but that great saying, it, you know, it takes two in a conflict. And th th to be honest, there's probably truth on both sides. This quote by Danny Silk says this, if you believe there is more than one, than one way to see things, you'll keep honor alive even in the most adverse situations. If you believe there is more than one way to see things, you'll keep honor alive in the worst, in the worst and most adverse situations. I think, you know, the Lord talks about humility so much. I haven't looked it up. He talks about honor 147 times in the Bible. I think it's something important to God. And I think honor comes from a place of humility. You know, I love the scriptures that say, you know, the Lord exalts the humble and humbles the exalted. Do we live out of a place of saying, you know what? There might be a perspective that first I need to change. We all know the story. Most of us know the story where, you know, the guy in, in, in the Gospels is like, you know, you need to change. You need to change. And Jesus says, take the log out of your own eye first before you tell someone else to change. And how often maybe we need to start by just looking in the mirror and saying, God, are you trying to teach me something here? So I want you to think of a time right now where you really felt honored by someone. Not just a good gesture or a friendly act, but think of a time where you really felt the honor and the respect of a friend, of a family member, of a stranger, maybe even of an enemy, someone you were competing against. Just think about that for a second. Think about how that's affected you and changed you. I want to know, I just, you know, want to share, uh, my stepdad and I haven't always been super close. And um, <clears throat> I took my uh, lovely girlfriend home for Thanksgiving this weekend, and I was nervous, and I was, uh, you know, just kind of scared to see how my stepdad would uh, you know, kind of act towards me and, and treat her. And you know what? He surprised me. He surprised me, literally surprised me. He took me to the Cavs game, which I've been wanting to go to. And he was just really awesome. He was just very respectful and just, you know, he's normally pretty sarcastic and kind of makes jabs. And he did that a little bit. But you know what? It, it was honoring. And the Lord taught me something. He said, don't give up on people, Ryan. Don't give up on people. Because when you really honor someone, you know, what does Jesus say? When someone hits you, turn another cheek and let them hit you again. I mean, gosh, how do you do that? How do you do that? Danny Silk says this. The principle of honor states honor is accurately acknowledging who people are. And when you do that, it will position us to give them what they deserve and to receive the gift of who they are in our lives. Let me read that one more time. The principle of honor states, honor is accurately acknowledging who people are, which will position us to give them what they deserve and to receive the gift of who they are in our lives. Do we really see who people are? And do we see the good in people even when their actions 
or the circumstances reflect differently. You know, I often, uh, and I'm not just saying this, but David Hamilton and, and Brett Jacobs here somewhere, and I often use them as examples. And if I've been learning about honor, I've probably shared this a lot to you guys. But, you know, last year I went to South Africa around November, and I literally walked into my boss's office, uh, offices. I was actually going to visit David. And um, I said, hey, you know, this is weird to think about, but if something were to happen to me on this plane ride or anything, I, I want the ministry to go to Brett. Where is Brett? Is he in here? There he is. Hi, Brett. Um, and I'm like, I want Brett to lead this ministry. And they're like, what, Brett? Like, wh why? You know, I'm like, he's a cool guy, but why? You know? And I'm like, you know why? Because he's the most loyal person to me. And I can say the same thing about my brother David and about many people sitting in this room. But I believe they're not loyal to me just because they think I'm cool because we definitely have disagreements sometimes. Uh, amen, Kate? Yeah? Because <laughs> I would put Kate in that same category as well. But I believe they're most loyal to God that they believe God has called them to this ministry, to be a part of this family. And because they believe that, they believe that it's first a calling, they believe that God's placed me to be the pastor and their leader for this season of life. So that when they're loyal and honoring to me, even in disagreements, they show support and honor and always have my back. I believe they're not just doing that for me, but just like Jonathan to David, they're doing it because they are honoring God. It's, you know... Um, it's easy to help people and be nice to people, you know, when they're nice to us. But how do we honor people when they don't show honor to us? And again, this is just something I'm learning. Uh, I believe the key to honoring someone is seeing and believing who someone truly is on the inside, even when their actions or circumstances in a situation point differently. I believe it starts with acknowledging and seeing the best in people, reminding yourself who they are in Christ and who Jesus is in them. Even if they don't know Jesus, they are a child of God. And there's good qualities and there's goodness in every single person we meet. So much of the world judges people, and I don't want to be like that anymore. Bill Johnson says this, a culture of honor is celebrating who a person is without stumbling who they're not. A culture of honor is celebrating who a person is without stumbling over who they're not. How often, and even our friendships, guys, and I, got, I just did this today about someone, how often do we so complain about who people aren't instead of celebrating who people are? I don't want to do that anymore. It's toxic. It's contagious. I want to be a person who sees the best in people, who calls out life in people, who says, you know what, even though they're not acting this way, and even if they're annoying me, I see Christ in them, and I believe they are a good person to be around, and there is goodness in their heart, and I'm not giving up on them. I mean, what do you guys think about that people used to think about the apostle, apostle Paul before he was that? His name was Saul. He persecuted Christians. He attacked Christians. He slandered Christians. He was a part of ki killing one of the most amazing men of God, um, Stephen, in the book of Acts. But yet the Lord didn't give up on him. The Lord moved in his heart. His name was Saul. He changed his name to Paul. And he's one of the most mighty men of God that, that ever lived. You never know how your, your impact, your honor in someone's life could change their whole destiny. Danny Silk says, life flows through honor. You know, in the world race, we often have a saying, are you going to be a person who gives death or life to people? 
And that's kind of drastic, right? What do you mean? I'm not, I'm not gonna kill anyone. Like, that's weird. But like, think about it. I, I don't really believe that it's right or wrong. Do, are we people who brings life to people? Are we people that when people see us walking down the street, they get excited because you know what? If they're having a crummy day, they're gonna feel better by seeing us. Do we bring life out of people? And I believe this starts with an attitude and a heart posture of honor and just honoring and being thankful that we get to do life with each other. I'm thankful that out of all the people that have ever lived or ever will live, I get to be in a room with you. I mean, seriously, I might not even know you super well, but I'm thankful to know your name and that you're, that you're a part of this thing. I believe when we celebrate people like that, that's when honor gives life. So I want to leave us with three points. I believe honor starts as we first honor God by seeing God as the good father, savior, and friend that he is. 1 John 3, 1 says, How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Are we reminded, first, we honor God and he honors us. We can't give other people what we don't have for ourselves. Are we, do we remind ourselves when the enemy comes and he puts condemnation and guilt and doubt, be like, no, God is a God of grace. God is a God of love. He loves us, and because he loves us, that's why we're children of him. Not by based on what we do, based on what he's done for us. Do we see God for the good father that he is? Number two, are we honoring each other by really seeing each other as the brothers and sisters that we are? That I, I tell people all the time, hey, love you, bro, love you, sis. It's kind of weird now when I call someone and I don't say that, or it's really weird when I talk to someone on the phone, I'm like, hey, love you, man. They're like, what? Like, you said you love me? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, you're my brother, you're my sister, you know? That, like, we really are family. Like, my uncle said, um, I was going through some conflicts, and he's like, you know what? If they're really family to you, then you show them grace. And if you don't show them grace, then I would challenge you and say, are they really family? Because you think about your brothers and your sisters, your mom and dad, we can act a little cray-cray with each other sometimes, right? But we don't give up on each other. They're your family. They're your blood. They brought you into the world. They take you out of the world, right? Like, like you know, you're, 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 but there's grace for each other. Well, do we do that for each other? Do we see the best in each other even when, you know, someone's acting crazy and be like, you know what? I know his heart. I know her heart. This isn't who they are. I know who they are. Jesus said that when we look at him, we see the Father. Well, when we look at each other, who do we see? Do we remember that we are all family and on each other's team? You think about that. I think so many times when I'm upset with someone, I think like, oh, they're against me. They don't, they don't like me. They're not for me. They're coming against me. They think they're better than me. And I just thought of this verse in Ephesians, 4, or Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Again, I, I believe reminding ourselves that we're on each other's team, that we're for each other, that we're on each other's side in a war. The enemy wants to make us think that, you know, that we're against each other. He wants to, you know, put lies on you and say, oh, his motive, when he laughed at you, he was laughing at you. Or, you know, they want to turn us against each other. But I believe if we remember who the Father is, or remember who we are, we speak that life onto who someone is. We speak that life on who we are. Number three, for we are honoring, we, are we honoring ourselves by truly seeing, believing, and loving ourselves 
ourselves as Christ loves us. Mark 12, 30 through 31 says this. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, with all of your mind and with all of your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well, how can I love my neighbor if I don't first love myself? Because if I don't love myself, then guess what? I'm not going to love other people very well. You know, there's a saying that, you know, um, it says, you'll never fall in love if you don't first choose to love yourself. And guys, I just want to say, at 31 years old, I've been on a journey of truly choosing to love Ryan Otto. You know, it sounds crazy. Most of you probably think I'm cray-cray anyway, so that's okay. But sometimes I look in the mirror and be like, you know what, Ryan, I love you, man. You could have been any other person, but I'm so glad that I got to be you. Because sometimes I think there's a deep, uh, you know, little boy in me that still needs that affirmation that I never got from my dad. And I need it from the father, but I also need it from myself. I know, like, when I'm around someone who's confident and loves themselves, not in a cocky or arrogant way, but it's, it's exciting. It's contagious. You just feel better when you're around them. I want to be someone like that. I want us to be a ministry and a family like that. I believe if that happens, and it's not about numbers, but there's not going to be room to fill this place. And it's going to overflow into our lives, into our classrooms, to our families, and everywhere we go. Danny Silk says this. I'm hitting you with a lot of quotes because I really just want you to read the book. But uh, <laughs> it says, powerful people know happiness is an inside job. Powerful people know happiness is an inside job. Some of the most inspiring people to me are joyful people. And I believe every day we have a decision to wake up and say, who am I going to be today? I woke up today, guys, sad and down. I, my ear hasn't been working right for a, for a week. I almost said for a year. I hope that's not true. Um, and like, you know, there's circumstances, situations. We all have them. We all have them, whatever they are. But are we choosing joy? Are we remembering who the Father is? Are we remembering who we are? Are we seeing the glasses half full, not half empty? And I'll say, I, can't, I don't always do that. But that's why I hang out with people like David Hamilton, who seriously, every day is positive. I don't know how he does it, but he is. You know, like, like seriously. I mean, we'll be, I, you know, Kate, amen to that. You'll be running like miles and he's just singing joy to the Lord, you know. But like the dude, like, you know, he's just, he inspires me. You know, that, that was one of the things that inspired me most about my girlfriend. That's one of the things that ins inspires me, you know, about just people that I look up to and want to be around. Because I believe joy is contagious. Joy is a weapon. Joy will transform our lives. So what is honor? It's honoring God and staying true to what and who we believe in. It's viewing others to be just as important and valued as we view ourselves. It's loving people and treating people like we would want to be treated. It's trusting that we are God's children who is worthy of love because of what Christ did for us and who Christ is in us. We are worthy because he is worthy. Guys, it's not honoring to see people so great and devalue yourself. Honestly, I just think that, God, that makes God sad. I've done that most of my life, and honestly, that's false humility. It's false humility. 
I believe true honor and true humility begins by recognizing who we are and the same blood, the same love, the same power of Jesus Christ lives in us. Sometimes when people say, well, I can't do that, Ryan. I can't sing. I can't speak. I say, get yourself out of the way. Remember the one who lives within you. Like, we all have limitations. You guys all know. Most of you know I cannot sing. But you know what? I'm not going to let that stop from me from praising the Lord or whatever it is in your life. Remember the power. Remember who you are, that he lives within you and you are part of him. You know, I've been, I, went, I did the Daniel fast um, for a couple weeks. A couple people in here did that. It's where you just eat fruits and vegetables for like three weeks. And so I've been reading through the book of Daniel. And I just love when you read scripture and you know scripture, but God speaks to you through different ways in scripture and new ways. And this, this, the book of Daniel is all about honor. And I believe there's this principle in here that, that when we honor God, he honors us. Now, now, it's flipped because he always honors us. But when we step out in faith and step out in boldness and, like, literally need God to show up, guys, that's when I believe he's honored the most. Because we're doing things that are scary. We're doing things that literally would not happen without his grace and his power in our lives. In the book of Daniel, it's all about this. You know, um, his three friends uh, stand up, and they don't want to worship this false god. So they're thrown into a fiery furnace. Daniel himself, you know, there's a, there's a, a law put out say you you cannot um, pray and worship any god except this gold image. And Daniel doesn't do it. He stays true to who, who his god is, and he says stays true to who he is. And there's these circumstances and situations all throughout this book where Daniel honors the Lord. And I just had to read this verse. From Daniel 3.17 where his three friends say this. He says, if we, they're, they're talking to the king because they won't bow down to this gold image that the king is making everyone worship and pray to. And they say this. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But listen to this, guys. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king that we will not serve your God or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Wow. Let that sink in for a second. Yeah, I wrote wow in there. That's cut off. <laughs> I mean, think about it. How often does this happen in our world? Oh, just have this drink. Oh, just do this. Oh, just act this way. Just laugh about this person when I'm joking about them. What would we have done? I'll be honest. I know I'm going to heaven, but I still get scared of how I'm going to die and when I'm going to die sometimes. But do I trust God enough to say he will rescue me? But guess what? Even if he doesn't, I'm still not bowing down. I'm still not forgetting who he is and who I am. That's faith. That's honor. And I believe honor only comes from trust. Danny Silk says this, you cannot change the world by being like the world. Stand alone. Stand apart. Stand out. Stand for something. Stand up and be brave. I believe, guys, if we're going to change anyone or do anything meaningful in this world, we sometimes have to get out of ourselves and just make a stand to be different. Make a stand of remembering who he is and who we're called to be. I don't want to go through the motions anymore. 
And if I'm going to change the world, it's a constant posture of getting on my knees and say, Lord, first change me. This movie clip, it's a trailer to a movie that I saw over break with a bunch of the guys. I think we had like 25 guys that went. And uh, I believe this quote defines his life. Will you check this out with me? What the hell is your delay, Captain? We're waiting, sir. Waiting for what? Private Doss. Who the hell is Private Doss? dreamed about being a doctor, but I uh, didn't get much school. I can't stay here while all them go fight for me. But you figure this war is just going to fit in with your ideas? While everybody else is taking life, I'm going to be saving it. And that's going to be my way to serve. This is a personal gift from the United States government designed to bring death to the enemy. Well, I'm sorry, Sergeant. I can't touch a gun. She don't kill. No, sir. You know, quite a bit of killing does occur in war. Private Doss does not believe in violence. Do not look to him to save you on the battlefield. I don't think this is a question of religion. I think this is cowardice. I'll feel in love with you because you weren't like anyone else. They're saying you could go to prison. But I don't know how I'm going to live with myself if I don't stay true to what I believe. With the world so set on tearing itself apart, doesn't seem like such a bad thing to me to want to put a little bit of it back together. Private Doss, you are free to run into the hellfire of battle without a single weapon to protect yourself. I'm gonna get you home. Something you gotta see. Who did this? That's the card. We have to go back up tomorrow. And they're not gonna go up there without you. just inspired me so much and it's a true story if you haven't seen it I don't know how much longer it'll be in theater but definitely rent it when it comes out to Redbox and he literally he, he sat up there all the men went away and he goes back up to the mountain and he just says Lord please help me get one more help me get one more Lord and he gets one more help me get one more Lord and do we honor people that much do we see them as that important to first God and then to each other to sacrifice our life to say, Lord, no matter if it's my ego or my pride or, or what people think of me, help me get one more. And I wonder right now, guys, who are the friends in your classrooms, in your sororities, in your frats, the people in your lives, in your family, that the Lord's asking you, says, hey, Dylan, I need you. I need you, man of God. Kundai, I need you. Cassie Clark, man, I need you. Like, are we, are, Aaliyah, I need you. Are we going to... Say, Lord, help us get one more. I want to end with this. Worship band, if you want to come back up, please. Greater love has, has no...
Greater, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for one's friend. I believe that's what honor is, friends. That we lay down our lives, not just tangibly, not just in war, but we lay down our lives every day for the greater good of people that need Christ and need our love. Life flows through honor. Life flows through honor. So will we make a stand? Will we make a decision? I know it's hot in here. I know it's, we're, we're over late again. <laughs> but you know what? I believe God's doing something. I want to be a family. I want to be a person that honors people even when they don't honor us. Because I believe it's going to be the love through honor that changes people's hearts and their lives. Would you pray with me? <sighs> you know, I, I just think of, Lord, I just thank you that the disciples were up in the attic in a room. And it was probably hot and stuffy. <laughs> they probably didn't want to be there. They probably felt, when is the Holy Spirit coming that Jesus promised? But I thank you that it happened that way, God. Because you work in mundane, ordinary moments and make them magnificent. So God, even though we're hot, even though it's late and we're tired, I pray that you'll come, God. Help us be people that reflect your heart of honor to a hurting world that needs your hope. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Do you want to stand and worship? We're going to sing a song about just how worthy Jesus is. And I just feel like everything that Ryan just shared is also reminding us how worthy every person in our life is. And so just right now, I just want to take a minute. Graham Cook calls them grace growers. I love that term. People who just kind of irritate you, kind of people you just don't want to be around. And I feel like right now, God's highlighting that person to you. And so let's just take a minute and let's just recognize how worthy that person is because of who Jesus is in them. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and be our teacher. Jesus, we know that you are worthy, but you live inside of each of us, Lord. So help us see our worthiness. Help us see the worthiness of others. Heaven's mercy seen. 
sing that again.
Jesus, I just thank you that you're so worthy, God. You're so worthy of our praise. God, I just thank you for tonight and for these beautiful moments that we get to have together. And God, this concept of honor can be so mind-boggling, but yet so beautiful at the same time. And so, Father, I just pray right now that if there's anyone in this room that doesn't understand or doesn't feel worthy, God, I pray you speak to them right now. Each and every one of you in here is worthy to be loved and adored by the Father. And it's not always easy, like Rye has mentioned, and I know in my own life, it's hard. It can be hard when everything of this world says, no, you're not this, you're not this. But God says, yes, you are my chosen one, my beloved. <laughs> Our burning ones, that's right. So we're gonna move into a time of ministry. We have some awesome fam in the back that will be there. And guys, I encourage you, if you, if there's something going on in your heart, there's something that says it still can't grasp this, this thing of, of honor. Or maybe this break wasn't exactly a break for you. Maybe this was time to go back with your family and it wasn't, it wasn't what you'd hoped. There's people that want to pray with you and love on you. And so the amazing team is going to keep worshiping and we're going to do a couple more songs. But guys, I really encourage you, take that step. If you, if you want prayer, if there's something going on in your life and in your heart, take that step. I promise you, you will not regret it. Through my veins. 
and I believe. Come on. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Jesus, come on. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of God wants me to share this with you all, but like I feel like faith just needs to rise up in the room tonight. This God that we're talking about. I have four children, and we were never supposed to have kids. My mom was given two weeks to live when I was five, and she's been because she had cancer, and she's cancer-free of like 30 years. And like, I just feel like if you have something like that in your life, would you just lift your hands? If something like that has happened where it's like unmistakable, like this was God, because I asked him, I cried out to him, and he answered me. Would you look around if you don't believe that God is the God who does stuff like that? I just feel like faith needs to rise in the room tonight, and we need to believe in this God that we put our faith in. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God who was and is to come, the power of the risen one, <laughs> you're the God who brings the dead to life, come on, you're the God of miracles, you're the God of miracles.
With our arms high and our hearts abandoned, we're in awe of the one who gave it all. So we'll stand our souls, Lord, to you surrender all we are is yours. So I'll stand. So I'll stand. Jesus, I just thank you for your presence, God. And Lord, I thank you that you meet us where we are. Even when we don't feel like uh, worshiping you or even being nice to whoever is annoying us. Lord, you meet us right there. So Lord, I just pray for an increase of your love in each heart here today for us to be more aware of your presence, more aware of what you're doing all the time. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Just ask for more of it as we go. We love you, Jesus. Jesus. 